Hello, everybody. This microphone seems to be really loud to me, or maybe it's just my booming voice. It's good to see all of you, and Merry Christmas. A happy Christmas to all of you. Uh, Christmas is uh, my favorite time of the year, except for my birthday, because I celebrate my birthday all month long and uh, try to make it a national holiday that hasn't worked out yet. Uh, but I still have hopes for that. Uh, but Christmas is an amazing, amazing time of the year, and how exciting it is to be able to wake up tomorrow morning and celebrate Christmas together, uh, open up all the presents that we have under the tree, and uh, I hope that all of you have your presents bought, and they're wrapped, and they're ready to go. If not, 7-Eleven is still open, and uh, you can find some really nice things at 7-Eleven. Gift certificates to 7-Eleven, uh, what could be better than that? Uh, so uh, hopefully, though, you got something a little better than that. Um, you know, I, I really am also grateful for uh, so many people that are back with us for Christmas, and uh, it's great to see so many of our college students that have returned, as well as family that's come back to visit family, and welcome to all of you. I don't want to mention names. There's so many people here today that I haven't seen in a while, and I look forward to greeting you uh, in a few minutes. Um, you know, tomorrow is uh, going to be a great day for all of us. We'll get to, to wake up and enjoy some uh, presents together, enjoy some food together, some family time, maybe a little football in the evening, uh, some more food, and uh, did I mention food? Uh, we will uh, have a great time tomorrow. Uh, but you know, Christmas didn't start off that way. It didn't start off with, with very much um, uh, popularity at all. It was just in a small little village, uh, really kind of a backwater village uh, in Israel, uh, about six or eight miles south of Jerusalem, a village known as Bethlehem, which means house of bread. And so the village was known for baking bread that was then sent up to Jerusalem. Uh, so there was the smell of bread everywhere. Uh, there were uh, a few inns and a few stables and things like that, but it, it wasn't a very popular place at all. Um, and it was a, a really a lowly couple, a poor couple that came to visit that night, had a child, and then the birth of that child changed the entire world. Uh, from that birth on, it even changed the way that we date things from um, uh, B.C. To, to A.D. and the year of our Lord, which means in the year of our Lord's birth. And so uh, this, this you know, lowly birth ended up being the birth of a king. And I want us to, today to focus on Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12. We've read a lot of scriptures so far uh, from prophecy and from the birth narrative. Uh, but I want us to focus on uh, the story of the Magi from Matthew chapter 2. And I want us to think today about what present will you give Jesus this Christmas. I know we're all looking forward to presents, to receiving presents to getting presents, and even when we think of Jesus, we often think, well, what am I going to get from this relationship? And what is Jesus going to give me? But I think we need to flip that question around, and we need to ask ourselves, not only tomorrow, but every day of the year, what can I give Jesus? What can I offer to him? What present can I give Jesus? And so when we read the story of the Magi, of course, you know this story. You've seen it in the movies, and you've read it in the Bible. Uh, it's a story about um, some men that came from the east, and they offered three gifts. We don't know how many men actually traveled in this caravan. It was probably more than three. Uh, but we think of three people because we think of three gifts. 
And we do understand that those gifts, the three gifts, were the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But on that, on that time when they met the Christ child, probably not a baby in a manger actually, but more of a maybe one-and-a-half-year-old, two-year-old child who was actually in a house at this point in time, they came to him bearing gifts, giving him presents. And traditionally it stated that the gold was for kingship, that the frankincense was for being a priest, and the myrrh was for his sacrificial death, which we, he would offer on the cross. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But as we read this story today, I want us to focus not so much on the gifts that they gave, but the questions that it gives us in our life, especially the question of, what present will you give Jesus this Christmas? Let's read Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12 together. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. You guys with me? All right. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Magi is just another word for wise men, for sages. Some would say scholars from the east came. And they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what was the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you comes a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So as you see here, we have three questions that we can explore as we look through this passage here today. The first question we're going to look at is, whom do you seek in your life? The second one is, how carefully are you seeking? And the third is, what present will you give Jesus this Christmas? Let's look at the first question here and start off with that. Whom do you seek? The Magi came to Jerusalem and they asked a very important question. They said, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? The Magi knew exactly whom they were looking for. There was no doubt in their mind why they traveled all that way. If they came from Persia, then the trip was 800 miles. They might have come from India. They might have come from China, which would have even extended the journey even more. But they came a long way. It took months and months. Actually, uh, some would say a year and a half. Some would say two years for them to make this journey. And when they got there, they knew exactly what they were looking for. Where is this child who has been born king? And I would ask us today, what are you looking for in life? Do you know what you're looking for? Do you know what gives you purpose? 
What gives you joy? What gives you happiness? When you wake up in the morning, do you know why you're alive? Do you know what your life is all about? That is so important in life, that we have purpose, that we have a plan, that we know what life is all about. What are you seeking in your life? Whom are you seeking in your life? And you might ask, well, why Jesus? Why seek out Jesus for purpose, for joy, for fulfillment, for happiness? Can Jesus give me those things? And the answer is yes. Jesus can answer, can give you all those things. Why? Because Jesus is eternal. Because Jesus was there when you were created. Because Jesus helped create you. Because Jesus literally knows you better than you know yourself. And because of that, Jesus can fulfill anything that you desire in life. He can help you find true joy, true fulfillment, true purpose in your life. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, John says uh, here, um, actually it's Jesus that's saying this, John's recording it. He says, I have come, or the thief comes only to kill, still kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Other translations translate this abundantly. Have life abundantly. However you translate it, what Jesus is saying here, I have come to give you real purpose in life. I have come to fulfill your life. I have come to show you what true life is all about. Jesus came to give us life to the full. And so when we look at Jesus, we need to understand that he is the one that we ought to be looking for in life. Whom are you looking for? Where are you trying to find purpose and fulfillment? Sometimes we try to find it in a job. Sometimes we try to find it in things and possessions. Sometimes we try to find it in social status. Sometimes we try to find it on the next rung of the corporate ladder. Sometimes we try to find it in a relationship. And if you're searching all those places, you can find some happiness for a short-lived time, but then ultimate purpose does not come from any of those things because it doesn't satisfy your soul. And God has given each of us a soul. The only way to satisfy your soul is to be satisfied in Jesus. You can seek out other religions, and you'll find some answers to life in other religions. Maybe they'll teach you meditation, and so you can find a bit of serenity and a bit of stress relief there. But if you want true fulfillment, you have to find it in Jesus because he's eternal. He created you. Not only that, it talks about the shepherds. Uh, when the angels spoke to the shepherds, they said, Today in the town of David, a Savior is born, who is Christ the King, or the Messiah and Lord. Jesus is the only one who is Savior, Christ Messiah, and Lord. And he can fulfill your longing for salvation. He can fulfill your longing for purpose. And he can fulfill your longing for direction in life if you make him the Lord of your life. So whom do you seek? That's a very important question. The Magi, they knew exactly whom they were looking for. And I encourage all of us, tomorrow on Christmas Day, no matter what else you do, Take a little time during the day and think about Jesus. Think about what Jesus means for you. Maybe that'll be the first thing in the morning. Well, I know if you've got little kids, it won't be the first thing you do in the morning. You'll be running for that Christmas tree, okay? But sometime during the day, 
Maybe right after lunch, but not when you're, you know, not when you're sleeping after lunch, okay? Taking that after lunch nap. But sometime during the day, find some time just to reflect and to think on Jesus and know what you're looking for in life. The second question, how carefully are you searching? That's one of the things about the Magi here. They put a lot of effort into finding this child. They were incredibly intentional in finding Jesus. And here's the thing about Jesus. He wants to be found. It's easy to find him, but you have to be intentional. The onus is on you to find Jesus. It's not like he's hiding off in a corner somewhere. He doesn't do that. In fact, the Bible talks of God. It says, you will, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants to be found. But you have to put your heart into it. Just like the Magi put their heart into searching out Jesus. Herod told them, go search carefully for this child. Now, he wasn't sincere in, in saying that. He wanted to find the child to kill him. But the Magi were sincere in carefully searching for Jesus. I mentioned before, if they came from Persia, that's 800 miles. If, it, if they went 800 miles on camel, then that's going to take them a year and a half to two years. They probably didn't come just three guys because they probably came with a whole group of people. They had tents on the camels. This is how caravans travel. You bring tents with you. You bring supplies with you. You bring water with you. You bring food with you. You bring cooks to cook the food. You bring security with you because three guys traveling all the way from Persia to Jerusalem probably wouldn't have made it. So you, you, you need to get a picture of all they, they put into just getting to Bethlehem. They put a lot into it. They were very intentional in their search. And here's the thing about Jesus. Again, you can find him. He's not hiding. He's easy to be found if you put your heart into it, if you're intentional about it. And so I want to encourage you to carefully search for Jesus. Be intentional in your search. And I give you two practical points right here of how you can intentionally search for Jesus. Number one, you guys with me? Number one, read the Gospels. Just get in the Gospels. Read the Gospels over and over and over again. They are the words of Jesus. They show us the life of Jesus. I encourage you to read them in this order. Okay, you, get, you with me right now? Read them in this order. Begin with Mark, because it's the shortest and the easiest to understand. And I think it's the first gospel, okay, that was written. So begin with Mark, then go to John, then go to Matthew. Matthew is actually the longest of the gospels, and it contains the Sermon on the Mount, which to me is my favorite part of all the gospels. So start with Mark, go to John, then go to Matthew, then guess where you go? Go back to John. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, I fooled you. Go back to John, because John is totally different than the other three Gospels. And when you read the Gospel of John, you get a different picture of Jesus than you get from the other three Gospels. So read John twice, and then go Luke. Thank you. Yeah, go Luke. So I say back to Matthew. <laughs> Come on, Ermy. <laughs> he loves the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he really does. So no, Mark, John, Matthew, John, Luke in that order. I, I encourage you to do that. And if you do that, you will be carefully searching for Jesus. That's the place to go. 
If you say, well, I already know about Jesus, but you've never really read the Gospels. You've only heard about him from, from hearing it from preachers or hearing it from the television or hearing it from media. Then you've never really carefully searched for Jesus. Carefully search for him. And I, I encourage you to do this. Start tomorrow. Okay? Or you can start today. It's Christmas Eve. This is awesome too. Okay? Uh, we've been doing that all morning. But for yourself, when you get up tomorrow, at some point during the day, say, okay, I'm going to start with Mark. I'm going to start reading the Gospel of Mark. And just read part of it. Read a chapter and explore the life of Jesus. Okay, I mentioned two things. You ready for the second thing? <clears throat> the second thing is ask someone who knows about Jesus to guide you. If you don't know, if you haven't uh, really explored it yet, find someone. Find someone that you know that is a spiritual person, that you know is a godly person, that you know is a Bible-centered person, someone that knows the Bible themselves, and ask them, can you help me here? There's a story in the book of Acts about an Ethiopian who is traveling from Jerusalem back home to Ethiopia, and uh, the, this guy Philip runs up next to his chariot, and he's reading from the book of Isaiah. And he's reading about Jesus, actually, and a prophecy of Jesus. And Philip asks him, he says, do you know what you're reading about? And the Ethiopian, with a, in a very humble way, says, how can I unless somebody guide me? And I think that's a great point that he makes there. Sometimes we aren't that humble. We're trying to figure it all out on our own, when actually we need other people in our lives to help us figure it out. And so if you find yourself getting in the Word and you just can't figure out what's going on here, Make a phone call. Call one of the people here. We would love to help you to explore the life of Jesus. Find someone that can help you to make it through the Gospels. But here's the thing. Be intentional about it. Uh, search carefully. Make a decision. Put your heart into it. And in doing that, what you're going to find is you can know Jesus. You can, you can find him. And by finding him, you will also find peace and joy and contentment and fulfillment in your life okay now question number three you guys still with me okay the plane is coming in for a landing right now it won't be much longer so just stick with me just a few minutes more the third point is what present are you going to give Jesus this Christmas when it comes to the holidays uh, it's a very exciting time. There's a lot of presents under the trees. We're usually shaking them and trying to figure out, I wonder what this is. And we look for the presents that are marked for us. We start flipping up the little tags. Hmm, no, that's not for me. Oh, that's for me. I'm that kid that on Christmas Eve during the night, I would get out of bed, sneak down the hallway, and start unwrapping gifts, and then wrap them back and act like I was surprised the next morning. I was so into getting gifts and wanting to know what the gift was that that was me. I would see what Santa had brought before my brothers and before my mom. Had, well, I, here's the thing. My mom was such a smart woman and such a shrewd, discerning woman. I bet she knew what I was doing. Because, you know, when a little kid retaps, retapes the Christmas present, it, it doesn't look like the way that she taped it originally. I bet the whole time she knew what I was doing, but she just let me go ahead and have my fun with it. Uh, but that, that was me. I wanted so badly to see what I had gotten under that tree that I was up during the night 
Uh, and you might have a child like that too, okay? So just put up the security camera and take a, you know, you'll have a picture for them the next morning to, for them to see. We didn't have any of that when I was growing up. Um, but I loved getting presents. I still love getting presents today. Here's the thing. When it comes to Christmas, we usually think about what we're going to receive, what we're going to get. Especially when it comes to God and Jesus, often we don't give it a second thought. You know, Jesus, he has given us so much. What are we going to give him? What are you going to give Jesus on Christmas Day? And here's the thing that I would say that you should think about giving Jesus. What is the present that you would give Jesus Christmas Day? Give him the present. You catch that? You follow that? Okay. Okay, good. I put a nice graphic up there, for, so in case you missed it, it's right there. Okay. You can give him the past, too, and you can give him your future as well. But I think what he really wants from you is right now. Yeah, the present. He wants you to live in the present for him. The best present that you can give Jesus is the present. Give him your life. Give him your heart. Give him your soul. Give him your mind. Give him your energy. And give it to him right now. Give it to him while you are living in the present. Give him the present. <clears throat> you know, Jesus does want everything from us. That's what he wants. He wants all of us. It talks about in Matthew 22 that we should love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and then in Mark it adds strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. What does that mean? It means everything. But the thing about Jesus is he gives us all that back and more. That's the kind of Lord that he is. So if you give him your heart, he'll take it and he'll teach you compassion. You give him your mind, he'll take it, and he'll teach you single-minded focus. And wouldn't it be great in life to have single-minded focus? You give him your life, and he will teach you how to live a life well-lived. And that's a wonderful gift. So Jesus takes whatever you give him, and then he turns it around and makes you a better person out of it. That's who he is, and that's what he does. So the, why not give Jesus the present? Why not give him everything that you have in the here and now, right now? Because what he's going to do, he's going to give it back to you, and he's going to make you into a better person with everything that you have given him. So don't be stingy in giving to Jesus. You know, sometimes when we buy Christmas presents, we're like, okay, I know about what this person's going to give me back. You know, they'll probably spend $10 on me. So I will spend $10, maybe a penny more, but $10 on them. And we, you know, no, be honest. Come on, you do. Come on. Yeah. Um, but with Jesus, don't be that way. Here's the thing. You can never outgive Jesus. Whatever you give him, he's going to give it back more to you. So give him everything. Give him your all. Give him the present. So. On Christmas Day, again, I got one more assignment for you. On Christmas Day, when you wake up that morning, decide, I will live this day for Jesus. I'm going to give him everything that I have. And then from that day on, decide, I'm going to give Jesus the present. I'm going to give him right now. I'm going to give him everything that I have. 
If you'll do these things, then you will find that only, not only will your Christmas day be the best Christmas ever, but you'll also find that the rest of your life will be the best life that you could possibly live because that's what Jesus does for us. He makes us into different people that is far better than we could ever do if we were left to ourselves. So I, I invite you to give Jesus the present. And I also invite you to have a Merry Christmas. Amen.